0: holy name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. You have a Bible this morning. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians. book of Ephesians. Chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I want to try to work for a little while this morning on the church that speaks the truth, the church that speaks the truth. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. First order of business, we've got to discuss how did we get this verse in Ephesians. Now, granted, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That's a given. So I don't mean it that way. I simply mean who are these people who at this place called Ephesus. And now the people of that area Ephesians. So we have this because Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That means that God, who is a spirit, according to your Bible, John 4 and 24, you know, around here it's all chapter and verse. We don't have any commentary, and we're not interested in uh, what people come up with. A simple example of that is, uh, you know, you've probably heard it many times, not here, but you've probably heard it many times, that man would earn his keep by the sweat of his brow. Wrong. That's not what the Bible says. But, you know, you'll hear that, and if you hear it enough times, psychologists say six times, then it becomes a part of you. There are so many things that people will say is in the Bible that is not in the Bible. I often tell the, I think, rather humorous story of a personal experience that I had about a man that showed up to church, and uh, I have no idea why, but he began to say that the Bible said to be kind to dumb animals. And I said, well, you know, i don't think I've ever read that. Tried to be nice. I knew I'd never read that. but you know. And he said, well, my wife said it's in there, and she has a concordance. So I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, I, I'll give you $1,000 if you can go get that concordance and find that chapter and verse, and we'll read it together. And um, the next time I saw him, he uh, didn't want to discuss that subject. But I pushed it a little bit, and uh, he said, well, he said, he said, you know, I couldn't find it. I said, not even with your wife's concordance? And uh, I don't know, maybe that was the concordance according to wife, I don't know. Um, most people use a strong concordance or a crudence, um, but the point is, if you read this Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, uh, you're not going to find that because it's not in there. Matter of fact, the word animal, is not in there. So there's a lot of things that people say and it gets purported to be true when it's not. And you know, you've got this thing hanging in the balance called your soul, which is your life. So, and your spirit is going to give account for the things that you've said and done or not done In this life. So you might want to pay a little attention to what it's saying and realize that God means what He says and that He was kind enough to give us an opportunity to have His salvation. I don't want man's salvation, I want God given salvation want the salvation that the writer said belongeth unto God. Many people will want to convince you of how saved they are. But they base their salvation on following the instructions of accept Christ as your personal Savior. But that also is not in the Bible. That's not the instructions. And those words in that phrase are not in the Bible, but that has become a rather coined term, a rather catchphrase or a catchy phrase that people use. And they tell you that they, they accepted Christ as their personal Savior, but there is, they can't put their finger on chapter and verse for that. Why would we want to try to do something that the Bible doesn't say when we could do what the Bible does say? So what happened is that God, being a spirit, John 4 and 24, he chose to show himself or manifest himself, those are Bible terms, in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And in so doing, spirit came robed in flesh. The question you should ask is, where did that flesh come from? Because the Bible teaches that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So that's, that's not up there in heaven. That's not a part of the spiritual realm, and God is a spirit. So what we have to look in the Scripture to find our answers, we don't want to look in commentaries. We don't want to get into theory. We want good chapter and verse. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? We want to get that subject matter so that we can know the truth. We can ask the Spirit of God to open our understanding that we might understand the truth of the Scripture. When Daniel was greatly distressed over what he had dreamed, the night vision he had gotten from the Spirit of the Lord, and it, it, it just knocked him out, so to speak. He just was out of strength, and he was, he was so stressed out over the, uh, the depth And he was shaken by the dream. And he began to pray and he began to fast. And when the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord came to him, he told him, he said, I have come to show thee the truth of the scriptures. Now, we have 66 books. We have 1189 chapters. We have close to, in the King James Version of the Bible, 800,000 words. That's the Scriptures. But now we need to fine-tune it to get the truth of the Scriptures. We need that subject matter. What is God's mind on whatever subject you want to talk about? What does God think about it? What does God say about it? What would He reveal to us through the church? What would He reveal to us? And so that we could base our believing on the Word of God not on a commentary, which is man's ideas, man's thoughts. You know, Nimrod was a very carnal man, and he had intentions to build a tower to to heaven. He wanted to implement his thinking, and the people around him get this crowd together, get this group together, and let's show them that we don't need God to get to heaven We can build our own tower to heaven. And, of course, that didn't work. Therein lies the point. That won't work. People can get very stirred up, and and they can employ lots of natural uh, things to put something together, and it can look so good to the flesh. But we are not operating in the flesh. And we know nobody after the flesh. But that he, he, Jesus Christ, is looking for people to be true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That it won't be, as the writer said now, we've got this, this Jesus Christ. We've got him coming and he has roped himself in flesh. And the flesh came from Mary because his spirit spoke the word. It was not any physical involvement. God is a spirit. He speaks things into existence. Let there be light, and there was light. This earth is hanging on God's word. Okay? So he chose to come in the flesh. God was manifest or clearly shown and demonstrated. In the flesh. So here we have this Spirit of the Lord, this one true, only wise, eternal Spirit, invisible, choosing to show Himself visibly. And so He speaks the word over Mary, tells her, That which is conceived in Thee is of My Holy Spirit, and Thou shalt bring forth a Son, the flesh. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save or deliver his people from their sins. Salvation is to save you from sin, from the devil, the one who works and brings all of the sinfulness into people's lives. But remember, the writer said, In my flesh dwells no good thing. So it's inherent in the flesh Sin is there. You want to get it. That's why the writer said you want to mortify it. You want to deaden it. You want to render it useless. If you were in banking, you'd say it was a dormant account, one that is not used, inactive. And so that's why Jesus said you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, John 3, 3 and 5. You must be born again of water. Baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. You must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, born again of the Spirit. That born again experience gives to you the salvation of God not the salvation of men who want to give you a handshake or give you a prepackaged prayer for you to read and sign and be sure to date it and say, I've accepted him. Maybe you better find out whether or not he's accepted you whether or not he's reading that your mind is truly believing, your heart is truly believing. He's the judge of that. He's the judge of that. And if he judges that you're believing in your heart, as the Scripture has said. You don't believe any other way. You believe as the Scripture has said. Then he said, you're going to get the experience of the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be like a river, a well springing up into everlasting life, coming out of the place of birth, okay? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And everybody said amen. So we have this one true invisible God who chooses to show himself visibly by speaking the word over Mary, a virgin. And it was a sign that he gave by Isaiah. And that would be behold, uh, a virgin would conceive and bring forth a son. And now we're given further instructions. You'll call his name Jesus. He's going to save people from their sins, not in their sins, but from their sins. You get, you get something sinful in your life. This born-again experience, this salvation, is to separate you from your sin. If you've got cancer, well, you sure want to be separated from the cancer. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. And we've had a look like a, a host of people coming around that, that are fighting with gallbladder problems. Well, we're going to separate that, that sickness From you, okay? God's going to heal you, and we've already had people healed of that, and many other things. God separates you from that spirit of affliction. We save you from that. We deliver you from that. And everybody said amen. Amen. Give God a big hand. Come on. And how much so then that we want to get separated from our sins, because if you keep your sin, it's your sin, the Bible said, that separates you from God. So you want to get rid of what separates you from God. You don't want anything between you and God. You want that all right. You want to be at one uh, atonement, at one You want to be atoned. And the only thing that can give you that atonement or that remission of sins is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. And the only way you can get that blood is to be baptized in His name because the blood is in His name. It's your faith in His name. Your faith in His name. It's gonna wash you clean. So if you can, if you can hear a lie and follow it, how much more should you be able to hear the truth and follow? It? All right. How much more should we should we not say? Well, if I I've been I had a, a man tell me not too long ago, and he he lived quite a life. I mean, he looks like a a, a poster child for tattoos. And uh, he was in gangs and wound up in prison and all kinds of things in his life. But now, oh, I like it when you say, but now, <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now he's baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's been separated from those spirits. Think about the, the man that sees a figure afar off. And in times past, this man had, a matter of fact, in times present, this man was wandering in the catacombs in endless blind and dead alleys and hurting himself, cutting himself, self-imposed affliction and wounds in his life because he kept doing the wrong things, driven by the wrong spirit, separated from God. But now... He sees a figure in his vision down the road and he begins to realize that there is something and he's being pulled by this and he runs and he falls at the feet of the man that just got off the boat of the sea of, of Tiberias and stands on his, on the shores of this island of Gadara and here's this man, he's a Gadarean, and he comes and falls at the feet of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, and what is your name? And he said, legions. Oh, we are many. And Jesus said, well, we're about to separate you from that bad crowd you've been running around with, doing those wrong things, hearing those wrong things, thinking those wrong things, and doing those wrong acts. No man could, could chain him. But the handcuffs and the chains were hanging from his wrist. And he broke them. I, at one time, I wasn't always a preacher. And one time I had a, a friend that I went to high school with. And uh, his name was Tommy Shaw. Tommy Shaw was not very tall. He was maybe about five, six, or seven. He was about that broad, too. And he was uh, tremendously strong and coordinated. And uh, he, um, he, got, he, was, he, I didn't know it then, because I didn't know anything about the Bible. But he was full of the devil. He had devils in him. And I saw the night that five policemen, could not get his hands behind his back to handcuff him. He just held those hands out, and they, five of them now, trying to get his hands behind him to handcuff have I heard that that laugh, that cackle, that would make the hair stand up on the back of you. You didn't even know what was going on, because you didn't know anything about the Bible. didn't know anything. This same man, young man, his father was a champion boxer, his grandfather was a champion boxer of the whole South Pacific fleet in the Navy. He came from that kind of stock. And uh, he, uh, his father one night, and my father and mother in the house, and the father told him, he said, he said, you think you're so tough. He said, go ahead and give me your best punch. So Tommy hit him right in the stomach, knocked him over the chair, sent him in a somersault right up against the wall. was full of the devil had that kind of strength. You know, we read about Samson. Samson had great strength from God. Legions had great strength from the devil. And don't you ever forget it. that The devil's not just some pitchfork, horny little guy running around wearing red. That's what he wants you to think. He wants you to be deceived about that. Okay? And uh, so I'm saying to you that there is a, an evil force that can definitely when Jesus said it you, you you cast the devil out he said remember he's going to go and find seven more worse than himself and come back they're coming back in force and they'd like to get back in their cushy little place that they otherwise they're they're out there walking through dry places and they they're not happy about that they're also not happy about what happened when the man cried out and said, My na- Our name is Legion. My name is Legions, for we are many. And they, those, you know, if you let the power of God work like it's supposed to work, you won't be afraid of God's power. Uh, did you never read where they, uh, Jesus came up to them as they were in the storm in the boat? And he said, he told them, first thing he said was, Fear not. Don't be afraid, you know. You should be more afraid of the storm than you are of me. I'm going I'm to deliver you from the storm. You should be more afraid of the things you are doing and the things you're involved with, the people you're running with, the places you're going, than you should be of the real power of Jesus Christ. That's the thing you ought to embrace. That's what you ought to call to you. That's what the father came and said, look here, uh, my son, they, he's, in, he's a lunatic, and, and that's the word, the Bible word. And he casts himself into the fire and does all these things. And, and of course, they took, Jesus took care of that for him. But I'm saying let's let's fear God in in a proper way. Let's reverence God. Let's respect God. Let's realize his power. What did it say to the church? Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. You better realize that there are real (laughs) spirits that are out to destroy you. To destroy you. Well, look what happened when the real power stepped up on his turn. And he said, my name is legions, for we are many. And the next thing you know, legions is begging. Begging, cast us into that herd of swine. Don't cast us into the deep, the abyss. Don't cast us there ahead of time. You know, the devil knows that he's lost. He knows that he and his angels, fallen angels, that they are doomed eternally. And he's going, But he's going to fight. To the last picosecond. I believe that's the smallest they've got it down to right now. The, the, the last picosecond. He's going to fight. And he is going to tell this world that he's going to win. He's going to win. Follow me. And that becomes what Revelation talked about, your, 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 your Gog and your Magog, and the four corners of the earth, and bringing them together to fight against God. Right to the last second, picosecond, he's going to tell everybody he's right, and that he's win, He's going to win, and all the while, friend, Jesus, you know, you hear these this this nut that told everybody he's 89 years old and he's and he's telling people that Jesus was coming last Saturday, and uh, and some guy listened to what he said. I told the the guy at the radio, you know, I said, you know, it does matter who's talking to you and what you're listening to and what you believe. And I said, because they listened to him, and Saturday came and went, you know. And this one guy, though, in New York, he spent half of his life savings to to have posters printed up and put them all over the place. And so the the news people found him, and they said, well, what's, what's, what's going on? You're still here. And they said, he just said, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, you know, it is sad that people are are so quick to believe a lie and so slow to believe the truth. And you've got it right here. And friend, we're built on the church. We're a continuation of the church that Jesus started. And that's what I want to get to how we got to Ephesians. Okay? Because Jesus along the way is casting out the legions. And he's got this guy that nobody could do anything with. Now he's sitting down. Nobody could get him to sit down before. You talk about ADD, he had ADD all the way to Z, <laughs> nobody could do anything with that dude, okay, now he's sitting, and now he, he was naked as a jaybird, running around his birthday suit, nobody keep him anywhere near modesty, okay, and yet now he's cold, the Bible said, and, and everybody looked at him as insane, but now he's in his right mind, the Bible said. You know, when God does something, friend, it's a notable miracle. And somewhere in there, even the lying and the dishonest have to take a step back and say, well, I can't deny that, you know. And so along the way in his earthly ministry, in the days of his flesh, he went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. But the time came when he foretold, of course, and when it came to pass, because he didn't lie, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so he told the disciples, he said, I'm going to be taken by wicked hands, and they're going to beat me, and they're going to crucify me. And, of course, Peter tried to defend that, and the problem was the wrong spirit got on Peter and started talking, and that's why Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. He said, thou art an offense unto me. I'm going to the cross. Let me tell you, God's got people made up into the church, the body of Christ. That, the building is the building, and it's nicer in here, nice and cool, isn't it? Better than being sitting in the parking lot right now in chairs and be mighty hot, and we have done that, but be mighty hot and sweaty but, uh, and uncomfortable. But the church is made up of people who have, like John the Revelator said, who are these? He said, these are they that came out of great tribulation." That's who they be. <laughs> they came out of great tribulation. These are people I saved. These are people I separated from sin and sinful spirits. These are people that have had a life improvement, an eternal improvement, like the guy on the cross, and he said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And the other guy's still running his mouth, but today you're going to be with me because you had a change of heart here. You are listening to what I'm saying. Something in the name of truth has gotten true to you say, well, he didn't get baptized, he didn't get the whole, that's right, he died under the law, he died under the law, you're living in grace, and the message in the period of time known as grace, the church age, the church time, is that everybody, everywhere, is to repent, and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that's the full pardon and forgiveness of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost Jesus in the days of his flesh gave that example he shows up and there's John the baptizer John the baptizer comes in the spirit of a life he came in the spirit of the prophet he came in righteousness and he came because he was to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight he was to preach the baptism of of repentance for the remission of sins, And so he did. Here comes one day he says, Behold, he says, take a good look, here he comes. Behold the Lamb of God. Just another title, just like Son, or just like Father, or just like Holy Ghost, or Alpha and Omega, or beginning and end, or first and last, just another title. But the time was coming now, when that name is going to be preached and published and proclaimed universally. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus came down over that hillside and comes up to John and says, Baptize me. And John immediately goes into the, the backup mode. And he said, Hey, wait a minute. He said, I need to be baptized of thee. And you coming to me, Well, you know, you can invite your own beat down. At that time, Jesus had to do the Smackdown, and uh, well, you know what the kids call it—the monkey stomp. <laughs> Left some footprints on top of, on top of John the Baptist's head. There, he said, "Hey, he said you tolerate what I'm telling you, you obey what I'm telling you, and you baptize me because I've got to be an example to everybody for righteousness' sake." And so, Jesus, the Messiah. God, come in the flesh, was baptized that day. Now, how important is water baptism now? Hmm? He didn't miss any steps. Everywhere he went in a limited period of time of the days of his flesh, he was baptized in water. And he did that to be an example of the right way to do it. And coming up out of the water, you got to get down into it, folks, to come up out of it. And baptism by the name itself is a full immersion. It is a burial, by the way. Romans called it that. You're buried with Christ. And when he came up out of the water, straightway up out of the water, now he's born again of water, giving that example, then the heavens were opened. And the Bible said the Spirit, descended upon him in the form of a dove as a sign to John that this is truly the Messiah. and giving the example of how to be born again of the spirit. Any water will do, but not just any spirit will do. Okay? Some people say I got a I got the spirit. You got a spirit, but it ain't holy. We need that holy spirit. We need that holy spirit. All right? Everybody said amen the one that separates you from your sin, the one that Jesus said first clean the inside of the cup, get the inside clean. We get that good and cleaned out, then it's going to bring about an outward change in your life. Okay? It's going to be an outward change for the good, for the good, for the good. He's going to get the the dirt out of our heart. He's going to get those things in us that are separating us from God. Because he made it clear, he said, out of the heart, comes all the difficulties, all the problems, all the issues of life. And he named a whole catalog of things, okay? Adultery, fornication, drunkenness, all of those things come from within, out of the heart. And these defile a person. But the gift of God, friend, you know, lots of people like to quote uh, about, uh, for by grace are you saved. That's exactly right. If it wasn't for God's favor, he wouldn't even look at us but yet he loved us while we were yet sinners. So that's the grace of God. The blessing of God's grace is in this window period of time known as today. And he said today is the day of salvation. It's an acceptable time that God has proclaimed and made, and we're proclaiming the acceptable time of the Lord. We have this opportunity now, but the window is closing. And and just because there's nuts out there that are, don't know what they're talking about about the scriptures doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a genuine coming of the Lord oh he's coming he's coming for his church people act like he's coming for the whole world he's not coming for the whole world he's coming for his church his bride that's made herself ready to be his wife that's what your bible said when he takes the church out of here that's going to leave the world and, of course, they'll explain it away. And they'll come up with all kinds of explanations, just like this guy's coming up with why it didn't happen Saturday. But now it's going to be, I think he said October. 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 I think there's a good chance he has Alzheimer's. Spiritual Alzheimer's. Yeah. And how many people will be deceived? And, and, and that's just a light deception compared to what the enemy's got going on universally all over the world, okay? In the name of religion and in the name of anything he can invent and foist upon this earth, and you better thank God for the church that he gave birth to in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible. If you read that slowly and prayerfully, if you read how that there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Who all? About 120, chapter 1, said of the book of Acts. Uh, And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, and the other devout women. The apostles were there, including the one that they had just put in place of Judas Iscariot, the traitor, the betrayer, who went to his own place. I want to go to God's place. I don't want to go to my own place. I don't want it to be my own ideas and my own thinking. I want what God says. Let me have what God says. Let me have chapter and verse. And stay with subject matter. Let me stay with that. And so this church that he gave birth to, his church that he gave birth what do I care what some man or woman did in the 3rd century, the 4th century, and on right on to this present century? What does it matter what anybody does? What matters is what did God do? What did he do? Well, he gave birth to his church in Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ's flesh. Okay? They were sent to do that, bring the truth. The church was born speaking the truth in love. It's not brought with hatred. It's not brought with an attitude that is of the flesh. It is brought, as the Bible said, the Holy Ghost shed abroad in our hearts. His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5 and 5. Friend, you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. you be born again of the Spirit. You're going to get the love of God. And you're going to then witness and speak the truth in love. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for pride. You're not doing it to puff up yourself and puff your chest out and, and act, strut around like you're some big, some bad buddy somewhere. Not at all. I had a man right down there at the loading ramp. He was a coach for years, he said. And he started talking to me, and he said, you know, I think you, you folks come on too strong. And I pointed, now here we are surrounded by people who are strung out on dope. Minds are burnt out on dope and alcohol and all kinds of things. They said where we were at preaching the gospel and set up that tent, they said that's where the concentration of AIDS is, right there. So it would be like being in India and you were in the middle of the leper colony. Well, we were in the middle of the AIDS colony. That's what they say from their studies. And... Whatever it is, whatever anybody's got, here we were in the midst of it, and this guy's talking to me. He says, you know, I think you guys come on a little too strong. And I felt like saying, well, you're not going to get the right results coming on week. You know, we don't call the ladies auxiliary when it's time to cast out devils. And we don't play patty cake. You know, you let the devil rise up in your face and you don't have this good holy ghost, you better get out of the way. I'm tell you that right now. And the seven sons of Sceva learned that in the book of Acts, didn't they? They come over that one with the devil and they said, Hey, I adjure you, I'm casting you out by Jesus whom Paul preached And they got the shock of their lives because the devil rose right up in that person and started talking and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> and then the devil leaped on them, the Bible said and began to tear them and wound them and sent them running down the road. You don't want to play. We don't play church. And there is a real spiritual world. And some people just say a lot of words. They got their little phrases and, you know, all of that stuff. They want to talk about love, 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 but they don't want to talk about the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's how you get the love of God. We're not, love in this world is, better said, lust, you know, well, I'll try not to go too far there. So let me just say that Jesus gives birth to his church, and his church is born in the fire, not in the smoke, in the fire, and preaching the message in love, bringing the message. Here's 17-plus nations that the book of Acts said will represent, and he steps forth from the apostles, them standing with him. Peter steps forth, and the spirit of the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, begins to speak through him, giving him the words to speak in love. If it wasn't in love, then why would you bother? It was a great day for fishing, and Peter was a former fisherman, but he dropped that net, didn't he? He walked away from that, and he followed the Lord, didn't he? Okay, you know, we... We did that mime to that song, that uh, Toby Mac song, right? And and I'll give it all away. I'll give it all up. I'll give it all away. Well, you know, that's easy to mime and it's easy to sing, but it's a hard thing to do. You know? And I mean, if you just want to put it in something easy for you to relate to, it's hard to get away from that chocolate cake. Now, is there anything wrong with chocolate? No, I'm just trying to give you something that you can identify For some people, it's hard to get away from the, the alcohol. For some people, it's hard to get away from the cocaine. You know? For some people, it's hard to get away from promiscuousness. There are things that people are bound by spirits. We had a man come here uh, last night after the choir out in the parking lot. He, uh, he said he was on his way to commit suicide. He was going to kill himself guys prayed with him and brought him in here and got him baptized. They said, man, what a change came over the guy. Well, that's a change for the good. That's what we want. And uh, he was on his way to the crisis. Unit. This, this great presence of God, Jesus said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, you shall receive power. And Jesus said, I'll give you all power over the power of the enemy you'll tread upon the scorpions and the serpents, and that nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's in your Bible, the Bible that many people claim to believe. So the church has received the gift of the Holy Ghost. It has been given for the first time for whosoever will. Grace has been kicked off. Grace has started. And from Acts chapter 2 right on, because there's no amen at the end of the book of Acts, the church has continued for these Almost 2,000 years preaching, speaking, witnessing, publishing the truth in love. So I'm telling you, this coach is down there. We're down there in the middle of the loading room. We're having the reach. And, and uh, he says, I, I think you guys come on a little too strong. So I turned him around and I pointed to a road. In, I guess it was Fifth Street. And I said, which is supposed to be a more notorious street in town. And I pointed to it and I said, Suppose that street suddenly wasn't there, and it was just a great big chasm, a great big canyon, thousands of feet drop off, and that the people here were walking towards it blindly. I said, would it be too strong if I begin to jump and yell and tell them, don't go any further in the direction you're going? Well, right about that time, he turned his head, and he saw this guy whose name was Mike, now the name Mike somehow saying that you sound like feel like you're talking about some young kid. Well, at one time he was a young kid, but now Mike, now Mike is probably close to fifty. Not that that's old, but it's older than when he was a child or a young person who grew up in this very neighborhood and who had absolutely just taken so much drugs and also sold so much and been in jail so many times. And this former coach saw him. And he saw one of our men talking to him very strongly. And he saw Mike listening. And man, his eyes got big and he looked at me and he said, man, he said, if you're getting through to Mike, he said, now that's something. <laughs> well, we didn't get through with him by saying, hey, you want to play patty cake, man? Go here and sign this card and everything will be fine. You go right back out. Go right back out and do what? The same old thing? You want the power of the Holy Ghost. To clean up your heart. You want him to cast out every evil influence. You want the eyes of your understanding enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of the calling in the church for you. That's what you want. You want that. And what does the devil do? He blinds the mind. That's what your Bible says. He blinds the mind. Ephesians 4 and 4. He blinds the mind. Less than any time, you'd believe the truth. He don't want you to believe the truth. He want, he'll blind you through religion. He'll blind you through sports. He'll blind you through the clubs. He'll blind you through all kinds of things that he works in this world. The, the powers of darkness, rulers, wickedness, and high places. You need the greater power, the higher power. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have it. i am come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. I loved you so much that I've given this flesh on the cross. I spoke it into existence. And in that flesh, the Bible said, dwell the fullness, not a little bit, the fullness of the very God bodily. God was manifest in the flesh. God said there's no man. David said there's no man care for my soul. John the Revelator said I looked and it was wet much because no one could open the book and remove the seals. But God said, I'm coming. I'm coming in the flesh. I'm going to manifest myself in the flesh. The invisible is going to show himself visibly. So what died on the cross? The flesh died on the cross. That's why he cried out in prophecy, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he felt the spirit leaving him and left a dead body, a carcass. And they took it down, begged it down. Joseph of Armathy got him, prepared that body for burial. Some poor woman came to my door one day and, well, she went away richer because she got a good preaching to. (laughs) But uh She tried to tell me that that God died on the cross. I said, honey, if God died, we all might as well just give it up right now. (laughs) God can't die. God is the spirit. God is the great I am. He is the I am that I am. He's the alpha and omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the almighty. And when he withdrew from that body, that's all that was left was a body. That's why he said, destroy this temple. Speaking of his body. They didn't get that at all. It went right right overhead. They missed it. Thinking natural, thinking carnal, thinking according to the nature of the flesh. And they thought he meant the building and all the pretty stones. And he spake of his body. He said, you destroy this body. That's why they went right off on the table. He said, it took us 46 years to build this temple. Who do you think you are anyway? Well, that's like the guy that when they were taking the picture of the class of 1961, Commissioner Greer was taking the picture, and his mother was in the picture with the group. And he, he saw me, and he said, Hey, he said, we're taking a picture of class of 61. And I said, Well, let me, let me um, give you a little relief, class of 61. I said, Jesus is not coming tomorrow, because it was Friday the day before this so-called Saturday was going to happen. And uh, so one of them said, How Rev, you don't know that. And I turned around and I said, I do know that. And I said, and I can prove it with chapter and verse. He said, oh, okay, then. And I went right on into the restaurant. (laughs) Friend, we're not playing church. Paul said, I know in whom I believe. Is he coming? Yes, he's coming. He's coming for his church. But you better realize that there are things to be fulfilled. And the large majority of them have been fulfilled. And the last little bit is coming to pass. And we are not in the last days. We're in the end of the last days. But it wasn't Saturday. Okay? It wasn't Saturday. Stay with the book. Stay with chapter and verse. Get it right. Get it right. Get the truth. The church is not against you. You know, sometimes people, as I said, they'll say you come on too strong. Well, Tell you something, we have a burden because of the love of God in our hearts. We have a burden for people who are lost, people who are are headed in the wrong direction, going to the wrong place for all of eternity. Now, friend, you go there, there's no getting out. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is the time of grace. This is the time when God's favor is shining down. And I'm telling you that that that's going to come to an end. When the church goes out of here in the first resurrection, commonly referred to as the rapture, though that's not a Bible word, but it's not a false doctrine, so I can use it. It, is, it does mean a catching away, and catching away is a Bible phrase. And, and that is going to take place. And when the church is gone, grace is gone, the Holy Ghost is gone, the gift of the Holy Ghost is gone. And I started to tell you, people often quote a portion of the Scripture, For by grace are you saved. Yes, most definitely. And it's through faith, without a doubt. That's what the Bible teaches. And not of yourselves, that's for sure. We didn't have nothing to do with it. Okay? But he went on to say, it is the gift of God. If you study subject matter, the gift of God is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the gift of God. The gift of eternal life. Better read your Bible. Get your subject matter right. met a woman coming out of the post office, and she had a, a bumper sticker on her, or, or no, actually, I think on her shirt, and it, and it said, uh, the gift of God. And I said, do you know what the gift of God is? And she looked at me, and she went, no. And I said, well, let me tell you. I said, the gift of God is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible teaches said, Thank you. So I hope the person will go and think about it. Hopefully they'll look in the book about it. Hopefully they'll come to church. A woman out here today, pulled up in a car and sitting on the edge. And I put the window down. I had to go get something. And I, I said, um, are y'all coming to join us today? She said, no, I've got to go bail my son out of jail. She said, I'm just getting all the paperwork together and I got to do this stuff. And I said, well, I said, um, when you get him out of jail, why don't you bring him to church? We help people like that. She said, oh, thank you. Okay, okay. So we'll see. You never know when your chance will come, when it will cross your path, when the shadow of the cross will fall right in your path, when you'll have the opportunity again most times, again. Not everybody's going to get again, but it seems to me often people do get an again. And you want to take advantage of that. You don't want to be like the foolish in the Bible who procrastinate; They kept putting off. Yeah, I'm coming, preach. Oh, boy, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, we'd be done with the building. Paid for it. (laughs) You know? And, uh, oh, yeah, procrastinate, procrastinate. And And then who came running around when the last things were fulfilled? And behold, the bridegroom coming and striking that hour, if you please. And they came running. Give us. Give us the Holy Ghost. Give us this truth shop was closed up, just like I'm going to do right now. Let's stand together. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Let's take a moment and pray together. Shall we lift our hearts with our hands? That's what your Bible said. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, and I surrender. I bring sacrifice of lifting up of hands to you, Lord. My heart in it, O God, not with just my lips, but my heart in it, O God. I need you, Jesus Christ, every day, every moment, every second. I need your grace, the beautiful touch of your hand. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, holy Savior. Touch our hearts, Jesus, Lord.
1: Holy, holy, Father, you are holy. No one else like you Faithful, faithful, Father you are faithful